Theranos was a privately held corporation that was supposed to be a breakthrough for technology in the healthcare industry. Apparently, she provided false statements to investors and showed them fake demonstrations of medical testing devices that persuaded them to invest in no, her No, 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 no. Such a watered-down version. Okay? Is it? That this is this is all I was able to read up on. Wow. There, there's such a, do I want to go into this with you? Yeah. Actually, I want to know a little bit about this. Yeah. She had this black box, right? In the box, you're supposed to put your blood in this little thing, pop it in, and then results come out on your blood work, right? Oh, uh, okay. Results are irrelevant. But suffice it to say, it never worked. <laughs> like, 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 so they would take so she would fake show, results? She would fake the results. Yeah. Everything was fake. Wow, damn. Yeah, it never it never worked. It was supposed to, supposed she to was get like instant, 30 years old, right? You're supposed to get instant blood work results. The whole thing was weird, dude. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is the Higher Standard Podcast. I'm your favorite host, Saeed Omar. That over there next to me is the co-host. Who just got punked by his co-host by taking charge in a really aggressive way on the intro. Blocking foul. Let's go. And one. I feel like there's an illegal use of hands in there, too, while we're at it. All right, this show is going to be a good trash-talking show because there's so much, so, so much going on that is absolutely bullshit. Mm-hmm. And since we have no sponsors to worry about losing... <laughs> That's a good point. It's time to get into some bullshit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> From the Wall Street Journal, my favorite headline of the day, Carolyn Ellison, associate of FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried, pleads guilty to criminal charges Say it ain't so. Mm. Well, it turns out Miss Ellison, the former chief executive of Alameda Research, the hedge fund, a trading firm tied to FTX, which was the brokerage house that came out two years afterward. Mm-hmm. And Gary Wang, pausing for emphasis. Solid name. FTX's former chief technology officer both pled guilty to criminal offenses similar to those Mr. Bankman Fried was charged with last week. Yep. So Caroline Ellison pleaded guilty to seven counts. Two counts of wire fraud and five counts of conspiracy to wire securities and commodities fraud and money laundering. Your boy, Gary Wang, pause for emphasis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as Chris mentioned, one of the founders of FTX, pleaded guilty to wire fraud as well and three counts of conspiracy to wires, securities and commodities fraud. And that, those aren't good things. No, those are, those are very bad things. Those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cooperating, man. God damn. She's still fucking them, even though they're out of the polygamous relationship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you send like a courtesy note? Yeah. Hey, um, Sam, I just want to let you know mm-hmm. um, I'm turning state evidence on you. Yeah. 
and good luck. Yeah, yeah. Is it like a herpes thing yeah, where you're yeah. like, hey, I've got herpes. I just want you to know. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? how do you communicate that? Do right. you think he found out by seeing this article? Right. You think he was like, oh, shit. I mean, I would imagine he, he can't be speaking to anybody right now, right? So they took that plea deal. Uh, those in agreement both pledged to cooperate fully with the U.S. Attorney Office, mm-hmm. the FBI, and other law enforcement agencies. And they said to truthfully and completely disclose all information concerning all matters they are asked about. <laughs> so you guys weren't truthfully <laughs> before? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, these are not people I would want my ex-girlfriend communicating with. Yeah, probably not high up, especially because she can also tell her tell everybody about your penis size. Too. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like yeah. there is nothing to save you at this point. Yeah, buddy. yeah, yeah. You're not Pete Davidson. <laughs> On the same, yeah. Pete Davidson in the hand is like tell them everything you know. Yeah, tell them everything. Yeah. yeah well, As a matter of exactly. fact, I'll give you some ex girlfriends a call while you're at it. Yeah, they can all tell yeah, you everything. Yeah, yeah. Give you the whole track yeah. record. For the record, we, none of us are Pete Davidson. <laughs> no, I don't record. think so. Yeah, pretty, bro, his dating record speaks for itself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so that being said, the whole time this was going down, he was supposed to be on a plane coming from the Bahamas, and it, it flipped last minute, and he stayed. He didn't go. Right. And then eventually got his ass on a plane and came to the States. Oh, man. And he got in front of a judge. Yep. You know what happened? No, I don't, actually. You don't? No. Please well, share. I'm not even sure it's in the show notes because it was so recent when it came out. Well. Mm-hmm. Your boy SBF got sent home. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It, it is in the show notes. He he uh, got a nice little $250 million bond. <laughs> I don't know how. No big deal. NBD. Yeah. Hey, Ma, can you post a bond? Hey, so as an underwriter, I have you? to- yep. Yeah. You I, underwrite? Yeah, I mm-hmm. underwrite loans. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I have to source the funds. <laughs> <laughs> I have to source where these funds are coming from to make sure that it's- you know, we're, you know, we're protecting anti-money laundering laws. I'm pretty sure they didn't let him post it yeah. in FTT token. <laughs> yeah. So are they sourcing these funds? Like, who's paying this? Like, if you're already pissed off that this man took your money, yeah. he now posted bond with probably your money. <laughs> and the worst part about it was, is that they're letting him out to his parents' house. Yeah, exactly. He's confined to his parents' house. Mind you, they On have a arrest. $50 million home these people have. And I'm sure their home in Palo Alto is not a bad home. At some point, at, at one point in time, not too long ago, he said he now only has $100,000 to his yeah. name. He's broke. He's got one credit card and $100,000 to his name. What happened? How is this man not a flight risk? Yeah, that's, what I, that's what I said, exactly. And in the article, they said they're going to take away his passport. But come on, man. I think he knows some people. I immediately was like, okay, so the Dems said, you know what? He did us some favors. Let's make sure the judge is a little lenient on him. And then we'll kill this motherfucker at home where there ain't no security guards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, this man's going to have a bathroom accident. This is going to be the first man who died on a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's going to be some weird shit that's going to happen, and he's going to die. And I, I keep saying, like, people can think this is morbid. This is not me being morbid. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this is all a straight path to him dying. Right. In the, uh, in the article, it, it, it spelled out a couple other large bonds that were posted in the past from people like our boy SBF. So Bernie Madoff, remember how much his bond was? I don't. How much was it? Ten million. I'm That's sorry, ten. Ten million. SBF's is two hundred and fifty. Like he's shitting on and Madoff. He posted it. Yeah, <laughs> That's the worst part. Yeah, he posted it. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Jeff Skilling, Enron CEO, five mm-hmm. million. Like SBF shitting on everybody. This is crazy. Two hundred and fifty million. And he posted it. And he posted it. And lastly, Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, Theranos founder? Theranos, yeah. Crazy yeah. chick. Only 500 grand. Yeah, but she was also like borderline insane. Yeah. She believed she was innocent, even though she knew what she was doing was wrong. And she did the deep voice thing. Mm-hmm. I'm Theranos founder, CEO. Hi. Yeah. 
For those of you that, yeah. that don't remember what Theranos was, I, I actually had forgotten, so I had to look Did it up you, to, oh, to dude, remind you, myself. You saw the Netflix special? No, I haven't seen the Netflix the special. The Netflix special on this is so damn good. Is it? Yeah, it's, okay. it's fire. So, uh, it's fire, huh? We're doing that? Is that yeah, bro, I'm really? feeling the millennials. Oh, the whole on. generation of listeners listen to this show because saying, I am young and you are old. You saying fire is a little sus. You can't say that. You <laughs> yeah. gotta say it's dank or it's lit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Theranos was a privately held corporation that was supposed to be a breakthrough for technology in the healthcare industry. Apparently, she provided false statements to investors and showed them fake demonstrations of medical testing devices that persuaded them to invest in no, 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 no. Such a watered-down version. Okay? Is it? That this was... is this is all I was able to read up on. Wow. There, there's such... Do I want to go into this with you? Yeah. Actually, I want to know a little bit about this. Yeah. She had this black box, right? In the box... You're supposed to put your blood in this little thing, pop it in, and then results come out on your blood work, right? Oh, okay. Results are irrelevant. But suffice it to say, it never worked. <laughs> like, 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 so they would take so she would fake the results? She would fake the results. Everything was fake. God damn. Yeah, it never, it never worked. It was supposed to, supposed she to was like instant, 30 years old, right? You're supposed to get instant blood work results. The whole thing was weird, dude. She was 30. SBF is 30. I mean, what's going on? Yeah, but what I'll tell you is SBF, as far as I'm concerned, the whole cryptocurrency thing is way more nefarious than... Mm-hmm. Theranos, she's a liar and a scam artist. Right. But she got people to invest. I, I Maybe there's some corollaries there, but I look at what SBF did and I'm like, basically, you're a dirty piece of shit. At yeah. least she was she was faking it until she made it and she kept, yeah. she kept trying to make this machine work and she knew right. that it wasn't going to work. Right. And at some point, they, you know, the wheels fell off. I don't think he, I don't think Sam Bankman fried ever went into this thinking like, I'm going to do this legally. Yeah. No, exactly. I think he was always like, let me get other people's money to mm-hmm. make more money. And I'll keep making money per- in perpetuity because I'm smart. Right. Let me put this chick who looks like she reads Harry Potter and has been a trader for two years in charge of everything. And maybe she'll let me sleep with her and I'll pay her a lot of money and then I'll build a back door. Right. Apparently, so the, the guy that we talked about previously um, who stepped in to fix this whole issue, the, guy, the same guy that fixed Enron, mm-hmm. he came in and said, this is not that sophisticated. I'm coming in here. I'm, I can see exactly what they did wrong. It's not like Enron where there's all these shell companies. Bro, they were everything. using QuickBooks. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so- you're, you're running a multi-billion dollar like, company off QuickBooks. And the best part was their CPA firm was the first CPA firm in the metaverse. Yeah. Oh, good. Of course. Little problem there. <laughs> just a little like, bit. I would think you want to go with somebody like KPMG for a multi-billion yeah, just, dollar just a little, firm. Exactly. Somebody big. Deloitte, maybe. I don't know. Somebody. Yeah. Top four. Somebody. Right. Top four. Exactly. But Actually, no. you know... Uh, your boy CZ from Binance. Binance? Yeah, was getting grilled on CNBC, which I know we don't know, we don't know how we feel about them. But anyways, they, he, they were getting grilled. And he was saying that, oh, none of the big four uh, can audit us because they don't understand crypto. Yeah, they don't understand crypto. They don't understand that when we take money out the back door and we spend it, <laughs> yeah. that we're going to give it back. Yeah. They Me- don't know. Meanwhile, uh, Coinbase, I think, is getting audited by one of the big four. Yeah, I think I think Coinbase is probably a little more legitimate in this structure, but yeah. that's a big red flag right there. If you say, "Oh, they don't understand our business," no, they understand your business, homie. Yeah, they do. With this mega mind like hairline going on, you, you see that V yeah. that he's going on? Yeah, like, crazy tip in the front. Yeah. And he himself has never stepped foot on American soil either. He knows he's going to get arrested too. Yeah, I wouldn't step on foot. No, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I would stay in China where the communists will kill you without telling anybody. Right. That would that would in and of itself would make me feel like. Give me skepticism to use that type of platform. CEO can't step foot in America. That's a little, that's a little sketch. Well, you're looking at this in hindsight, though. Everybody who invested in cryptocurrency, they were just trying to ride that wave. Yeah. Nobody spent any time. They're like, okay, who's the biggest company? Oh, it's Binance. Great, cool. I'll put my money in them. Oh, I need to buy. Uh, I need to buy this this NFT. Oh, I'll get what, what wallet should I use? Oh, uh, use this, use that. 
Yeah. Oh, th- this is on Solana. I'm going I'm to buy Solana. No, it was moving so fast. Right. That people just wanted to go to the biggest name. Nobody did any homework or research. Yeah. There's a few nerds out there who got deep into it, who were like geeked out on the cryptocurrency thing, who really got deep into it, who probably knew some of that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this information about the CEOs in the background, that's yeah. just now coming out. Even, even the pros didn't know some of these. Some of these guys worshipped CZ. Mm. They thought he was like, he's, oh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Bro, if you make a mo- company that sells nothing <laughs> yeah, exactly. for a lot of something, yeah. and then you take that something and you invest it in more nothing yeah. without telling people who have that something, yeah. you got a fucking problem. Yeah, yeah, I got lost twice on on that rant. Something, nothing, nothing, something. And now you understand why KPMG can't audit him. Yeah, that's exactly. exactly that's why. exactly why. I don't get it. Yeah, it's too complicated. Yeah. See, I'm taking nothing and I'm making it something yeah. for nothing for someone to do something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't understand? You're confused? Okay, I'm going to go with the CPA firm for the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that worked. So, back to the real world for a brief moment. Mm-hmm. Bloomberg Business had an article that came out via one of the most obviously secure platforms on Instagram that I took a deep dive into. Obviously. It takes a lot to keep inflation data secret, including NDAs. Ironic, after the inflation data <laughs> got leaked from the last print leaked two days before, right. it actually came out. And it was all over the Twitter sphere. Mm-hmm. Bloomberg Business says inflation reports are so important, staff were once instructed to have no facial expressions when... <laughs> <laughs> Can't read this without laughing. You are not allowed to have a facial expression here, Derek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. look straight. Look at the floor. No facial expressions when walking them into the West Wing of the White House. And yet a surge in, tr- in trading last week in the minutes before the release of the monthly CPI has spurred concerns the figures fell into the wrong hands. No shit. Did they not listen to the Higher Standard yeah, podcast? Clearly not. Dude, what do you think happened? So they're walking in the West. I, all I can do is picture a guy walking in the West Wing, looking at his buddy, just standing there, Secret Service, just being like, 7.1. I'm pretty sure it was this. Hey, bud, you want to make some money? It's 7.1. Cut me in. Yeah. No, but I'm saying they're saying they're walking through the West Wing of the White House with no facial expressions. First of Why? all, someone... you can't do that. <laughs> Come on. You put me in the White House. You say, don't make a facial expression. I'm like, just kill me now. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to fail that. I'm again. trying to make every Secret Service member laugh. Excuse me. What if I have to fart and you think that's a sign? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what am I going to do there? What can I do? Yeah, yeah. No facial expression? Yeah. And how is my facial expression supposed to mean anything to the... the... Ooh, he looks sad. CPI is not going to be good. No. <laughs> Yeah, who's trading off of that? Ooh, the guy from finance looks really upset right now. I think it's going to be a bad read. I think. What what happens when the UFO UFO guy comes in? He said. Yeah, I think it's time for him to start auditing people's phones. Maybe, maybe he, you know, somebody slept with his wife. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be CPI. (laughs) What if exactly? What if he's got COVID? Anyway, let's go on. Those who develop and handle highly sensitive government data follow strict protocols. Apparently not. Whatever, including. Signing non-disclosure agreements to keep the information secure. Government officials said there was nothing different this time. I beg to differ. Mm-hmm. And no evidence of a leak or hack. What the shit? Did but, I, Twitter. Yeah. Come on. This is clearly obvious. But lingering questions remain. Okay. I'm sorry. How do people... N- I'm an idiot. Yeah. I am not famous. <laughs> I am not special. Yeah. And I knew on Monday that this leaked on Twitter and it was everywhere. Right. And yet... Bloomberg, Bloomberg Business, the White House are going, shit. This is just them How saying, did this happen? please don't open this can of worms. We really don't want to have to do this. Oh, I'm going to be the guy who opens this can of worms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've sent an email to everybody. Right. Peter Schiff, we love you. Uh-huh. Um, so, of course, Bloomberg has to add in their little quip at the end, which makes them sound like they care of about course. you, the reader. Yeah, yeah. We spoke to present and former officials to build a timeline of what happens 
behind the scenes before the CPI report drops. Mm. Yeah, I'll leave that there for a moment. Yeah, yeah. Here's a timeline. Someone had the number. Someone told somebody else about the number before the number was released and people traded on it. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, this is very, very simple. I think we talked about, I don't know if we actually talked about this on the show or not. We did. But um, no, no, not this specific article. What I'm about to say. So you if you could just be patient, again? if you could just be patient for a second, Jesus Christ, this I is why people fast, call you arrogant. Listen real fast. I'm slow down. You catch up. Oh, that's, that's what you did there. I like yeah. it. Fifty cent. Yeah. Um, so actually, there was somebody at Tesla who was apparently doing something very similar to this. And the way Elon and their team were able to figure it out is they kept sending like information t- to all their team members, but the same email was sent every which way. And every person got a different email saying with like double spaces in between certain words to identify who was leaking that information. So to refresh your recollection there, dear friend of mine, we talked about this in the bathroom. Mm. Yeah, that's where we talked about this. That's where we talked about this. this Chris <laughs> and I, I shared the bathroom. Yeah, when we go, there's double stalls. So, of course, you know, we don't sit on the same toilet at the same time. But while Although, we're sitting next to each other, we often talk about things that really you know, make us happy, like finance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nerd alert. Yeah. So, yeah, we did that in the bathroom. We were walking back the hallway. We were lamenting that that poor bastard that Elon Musk went into their office and said, listen, Timmy, yeah. um, I'm going to need you to type this email out to every single one of our employees differently. Yeah. I need you to log where this space is and send the emails out to mm, 3,000 employees. So, you have to do it 3,000 times. <laughs> send them out individually 3,000 times and log which one it is all 3,000 times and then ferret out which one it is. You're welcome for my genius idea. Yeah. Go ahead and go do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know that guy was like, man, fucking Fuck this, guy. this yeah. shit. Like, yeah. This is bullshit. And then they were able to find him and then they got the guy got canned. You know, Timmy was like, I get a promotion, right, Elon? Yeah. Then I don't know who it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You would hope so. <laughs> Poor Timmy. Timmy got yeah. fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully Timmy didn't jump over to Twitter. <laughs> he, probably, he probably did. <laughs> that is it. SpaceX right now getting shot on a rocket. Yeah. <laughs> So, before the show started today, we were having a back and forth, Said and I, this time not on a toilet. Yeah. Where we were talking about a Bloomberg business article with the headline stating, there is a 70% risk of a recession in the United States in 2023, economists say. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read something from the article, and then we'll get into your question, which is actually a pretty astute question on your part. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm surprised you listened to our show. <laughs> economists say there is a 7 in 10 likelihood. That's 70% for those uninitiated. Yeah. That the U.S. economy will sink into a recession next year, slashing demand forecasts and trimming inflation projections in the wake of massive interest rate hikes by the Federal Reserve. I'm going to pause here. Mm. If they would have listened to the show in the last year, they would know we have forecasted and predicted all these things. Myself and my Nobel laureate Mm co-host have been telling you over and over and over and over again that you're going to wind up seeing companies pull back and do things like, I don't know. Trim projections. Yes. Which we started seeing in the fourth quarter of 2022, and we'll see leading into 2023. The probability of a downturn in 2023 climbed from 65% odds in November and is more than double what it was six months ago, which ironically coincides to six months after we were already talking about recession predictions on the show. Yes. This is probably why people call me arrogant. Yeah. I mean, they need to know. It is factual. Yeah. So, according to the latest Bloomberg Monthly Survey of Economists, the poll was conducted December 12th through 16th with 38 economists responding about the chance of a recession. Mm. Now, to Syed's point in the question, you asked? I remember several months ago, I believe it was in October, I was able to pull up the article. 
that uh, Bloomberg said that the forecast for U.S. recession within a year, it's 100 percent. Yeah. And um, Chris astutely mentioned that these are two different things. Yeah. So Bloomberg's probability index, which really drives that, Mm -hmm. is very, very different than this, an economist survey. Right. So Bloomberg Business, which is their news outlet, is reporting on a survey of economists between the 12th and 16th. Right. which is not Bloomberg data's probability index, which clearly has a much strict staunch stance on the whole thing. Right. I was going to say staunch. Staunch. Staunch stance. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but I didn't. I said staunch. <laughs> so, so out of the 38 economists, right, you think that the 10 or 9.5 that said that we wouldn't be hitting a recession, even though they laid off? Oh, I'm pretty sure they, they probably were already. Yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Come on, guys. You got this shit wrong. Come on. So I don't like this. Uh, For obviously, here's the problem with the headline and stuff like this. And I think as a listener, and we try to filter out all the bias on our show, and this is why we do this, you have to take this with a grain of salt because they don't take who the economists are. Right. Right. If it's Lawrence Yoon from the National Association of Realtors, you can pretty much take anything he had to say and throw in the trash. Yeah. If it's it's Noriel Rabini, you can pretty much say that if it has has anything to do with cryptocurrency, he's going to say, Bonanza shit. Yeah. But Carnival Barkers. Carnival Barkers. Yeah. You know, it depends on who you're talking to. And, and anybody can really be an economist. It just depends on who they work for and are they titled that. Yeah. I would argue Said Omar is an economist for the Higher Standard Podcast. Mm, chief. Got economist. two first names followed by a third first name. Yeah. So you know names. Okay. You're a name economist. Yeah. <laughs> in any event, uh, it, it, it's interesting. So you notice here, uh, Wealth commented already in one yeah. with a long nose. Yeah. John Adams, who runs Wealth, years and years ago when I worked with him. Would hear oh. me say, January 2022, January 1st, we started a recessionary economy. Yes. And, and, this, this and I think you've mentioned before on previous podcasts that it takes about a year after, right, for, them to, for the National Bureau of Economic Research to come out and declare a recession. See, that's what we call in the business kids a segue. See that? That was professional. Yeah. That was sexy. That was eloquent. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad I set you up for it. Hockey just- <laughs> <laughs> assist. So, so from Barron's. Brace for a recession next year, but the outlook isn't all doom and gloom. Okay. All right. Really? Let's see. Okay, let me, what just, you got, what you got let me just pause. Yeah. Let's paint a rosy picture. Mm-hmm. You're sitting at home, or you're at work, and you're daydreaming, and you pull up the news, and you get this article from Barron's, and it says, brace for recession next year? But the outlook isn't all doom and gloom. Yeah, they're really, really trying to give people this hope of a soft landing. Is it negative? Is it positive? Whatever the what? hell that means. It's negative just by the look on. So you're Jerome going into face. recession, but it's not so bad. It's not so bad. It, I guess it depends if you want the lucky ones that gets to keep the job or if you don't get to keep the job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Say you smell terrible, but <laughs> you look great. It's not so bad. Yeah, it's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of what they're saying here. This article is in a great example of what pisses me off about the media more than anything else in the world. You get a sensational headline. Mm-hmm. You get this. Okay, so let's just say, theoretically, we are not in a recessionary economy right now. I will explain again to the people in the back why I think we're in a recessionary economy in a minute. But for right now, let's just assume we're not in a recessionary economy right now and that one is forthcoming in 2023. Okay. This says brace for a recession next year. Even if we were to walk into a recession in 2023... We know the National Bureau of Economic Research is going to take greater than 12 months to identify and declare a recessionary economy. Right. We also know that the historical definition, which has gone for the last 10 recessions, has been the thing that has really identified it is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Which we had. We had. Followed by, obviously, a positive quarter. 
And I can tell you that the White Which, House... Those numbers we believe to be skewed. A little bit. A little yeah. skewed. The White House also came out saying that is not a recession. Two, two consecutive quarters is not a recession, even though it has been for the last 10 declared recessions. Right. I would argue that after two negative quarters of GDP growth, and tra- what's traditionally happened for the last 10 recessions, mm-hmm. the National Bureau of Economic Research will take some time. A year later, they'll declare that period of time was, in fact, a recessionary economy. And they'll say it started during the first day of the first month of those two quarters of negative GDP growth, which yep. in this case would be January 1st, 2022. Right. Because January, February, March, negative GDP number. April, May, June, negative GDP number. All the stigma in June and July about how this right. is not a recession, this is not a recession. Right. But typically speaking, it's then retroactive. Those, I believe those, those peak CPI numbers were in June or July. Right. Right. So they can also point to that. They're, they're pointing, they're going to point to a lot of things. But the National Bureau of Economic Research is going to take their time, look at all this data over the course of well over a year, and then retroactively make their comment about it. So even if we were to enter a recession next year, yeah. you wouldn't know that until a year later. Exactly. So for this article to be telling you we're going to go in when we're going to go in when that's just that that's just logical fallacy at this point. It's yeah. not real. Right. It's not going to work that way. Mm-hmm. It'd, be, it'd be almost more forthcoming to say we could be in a recession right now and it could get worse next year. Yeah. That would be a more forthcoming way to say it, but that doesn't sell articles. That doesn't get readers to dive in. It doesn't in. get clicks. That doesn't trigger your fears with Megan Casella. Brace for a recession and then give you hope if you read the article because you'll know what to brace for and not to worry so much. Right. So this kind of stuff, this spin just pisses me off to no end because I think it's slanted. And as you read through the article, frankly, if you listen to this show mm-hmm. or you're at all interested in the economy, there's literally nothing in here that's sensational because you've already gotten this data from us. Yes. And you know how the National Bureau of Economic Research works. Mm-hmm. So you're going to read this article and be like, <laughs> Barron's. Yeah. That's cute. <laughs> I take my financial information from a laureate. Yeah. <laughs> he gives it to me. So disrespectful. And when he gives it, he gives it good. No, he gives it good. Yeah. He got that good good. Give you a good good. Yeah. <laughs> Did you want to give more good good at any point in time or should I go on to bashing realtors? I think we should go into, yeah, how, why we're in a housing recession. Yeah. So, mm, keeping current matters. Block me from commenting on your Instagram page. I'm not upset about it. I'm not. I'm just a little pissed off about it. Okay. There's a difference. It doesn't emotionally trigger me. It just physically triggers me. Okay. You got it. <laughs> physically. Physically. I saw a post saying home price forecast for 2023. I'm going to read from one side of the graph to the other side of the graph, and I'm going to name whose prediction and how much. There you go. It's pretty obvious. No, no, maybe obvious to you. We're not all Nobel laureates. Okay. We're not all contenders. Okay. Some of us may not be able to see the things that you see. All right. Hypothetically a bias. The average of all seven forecasts before we get into this, by the way, is literally 0.1%. Yes. 0.1%. So basically what they're saying is all these things are effectively breaking each other. Everybody's all over the map. It's negligible. There's no slant. Yeah, exactly. There's no data that's heavy in one way or the other. So- Coming at the top with a prediction for an increase in home values in 2023. Mm-hmm. None other than Realtor.com. Boom. 5.4% increase in home values in 2023. You know where the crack is being smoked, everybody. <laughs> HPES at 2.6% positive. Okay, Said, we've done this show for well over a year at this point. Mm-hmm. We are a top 200 podcast who mm-hmm. did crack the top 50 in business in the country. Yep. I'm pausing for emphasis again. And in doing so, have you ever heard of HPES? No, I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> yeah, how's that working out for you? That's so good. You're not going to find shit. 
<laughs> but don't I'm worry. Literally Googling yeah. it right now. <laughs> Keeping current matters thinks they're an authority. Yeah. So, of course, my favorite, Lawrence Yoon and the National Association of Asthma, I mean, uh, National Association of Realtors, <laughs> 0.3% growth next year. They've come down a lot. I will give them credit. They started off like there was going to be a 10 or 12%. They've now dropped down to a 0.3% increase at for least, next year. At least they're addressing. And Freddie Mac, who's, who's literally swung a big direction, is now negative 0.2% next year. The Mortgage Brokers Association, negative 0.6% next year. Fannie Mae, who really should be the authority on this because they're the single family GSE as opposed to Freddie Mac, which has a lot more complicated other entity structures inside of it. They're negative 1.5%. Home values will go down next year. And Zellman, negative mm-hmm. 5.1% next year i could also probably point out five or six other companies that would p- push it to negative next year not to mention the data and places we've cited that black values Knight, already moody's. gone down yeah, black knight moody's i mean core logic even zillow in some cases are yeah. suggesting that at some point in time so yeah core logic the people who actually have a job to aggregate data and yeah, report it yeah exactly who don't make money i don't know on websites like this right they're all negative and so to give you the top three here let's just look at the let's look at the top two right the the highest one realtor.com and we'll skip the HPES because it's funny. Yeah. And we'll go to National Association of Realtors. Those two are saying positive. Realtor.com, 5.4%. National Association of Realtors, 0.3%. Right. What is their fir- function? Yeah. So you they know. both cater to realtors. Right. They sell data and subscriptions and membership to realtors. Uh-huh. They have a clear bias. Of course, they want you to believe that it's going to go up next year. Right. It's gumdrops and lollipops and realtor land, baby. Give us your dues. Come on now. Pay me. Pay me. I'll get you more leads. Pay me. It's going to go up. Don't worry about what the people telling you the news. Yeah. They don't know. Yeah. And, and if it doesn't go up, do I get my money back? So I'm going to read. <laughs> By the way, I have friends who like this. And yeah. it bothers me because I, I want to send them a DM every single time. And be like, bitch, I saw you like this thing. Oh, because they show it? Yeah, because oh. it's right here. Like, you know, I'm not going to say his yeah, name. Yeah, we're not going to. I will not say Mozzie's name on, <laughs> on the show. <laughs> but Mozzie liked this. I'm like, bro. Does Mozzie listen to the show? Huh? No. No, he yeah. told me he didn't. He's like, bro, I don't have time. I'm like, well, then I can badmouth you anytime I want. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Win-win, good. bro. We're good. Anyway, keeping matters current, or keeping current matters, whatever you want to believe they are, this year we've seen home prices moderate. Should I do it in Dan- Dave Ramsey voice? Yeah, got to. This year we've seen home prices moderate and housing supply grow as buyer's demand pulled back <laughs> due to higher mortgage rates. Mm. The level of moderation has varied by the local area, with the biggest changes happening overheated market overheated okay they're not going down they're overheated yeah but the experts think what do the experts think will continue well Mm -hmm. i answer that question for you yeah just look at the graph this graph right here yeah (laughs) shows the latest home price forecast for 2023 as different colored bars which may be confusing to you uninitiated Mm -hmm. because they're colors yeah some experts i use the word experts loosely yeah are saying home prices will appreciate next year. And others are saying home prices may come down. But if we take an average of the forecast, shown here in green, because it's a happy color. Right. Makes you feel good about life. It means go. Right. For 44 years, I've been in this business, and I know green means go. Okay? (laughs) We can get a feel for what 2023 may hold. No. Wrong. And if you think home prices are going to go down, they're going to go up. Every year for the next for five the next years. Five so clearly years. these people aren't looking at the data. There's a lot of data that came out this last week. We talked, I think we talked briefly talked a little bit about it on the last episode, but we know existing home sales fell for the 10th straight month, right? Dropped 35% year over year. It's also down 7.7% from October 2022. 
Yeah, but say, see, you, what you don't understand is I've been doing this for 44 years. Yeah. Okay. And I, I know home price is going to go up every year for the next five years. <laughs> the crazy part about that was that e- economists were predicting that it was only going to drop 5.2% month over month, but it dropped 7.7%. But again, say, I'm telling yeah. you, see, you keep citing these economists. You know mm-hmm. their names? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know where they went to school? No, don't know where they have went to Have they been school. relocated for four years? No. 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 Well, let they, me got, t- they, let, have, they have no. credit cards too. No, let me talk to you about term life insurance. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you about term life insurance. You need to have term life insurance. Matter of fact, I can refer you to somebody in the RAM network. Right. That can RAM you right up. <laughs> okay. Right. So to put these into perspective, right, there were 4 million existing homes sold in November 2022. That's the lowest since May of 2020. It's a simple supply and demand. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to tell you right that now. That easy. I'm trying to tell you these numbers get thrown out. These are just numbers. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. These, these are just numbers. I'm doing this 44 years. <laughs> yeah. Right now. And a home price is going to go up every year for the next five years. But but let, let me ask you. So a year ago, six point three million homes sold. But mm-hmm. that was last year. That was last Na- year. This year. Now, now it's four those million. Home, those those mu- those those fewer homes that were sold. Okay. Are going to go up in value every year for the next five years. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I know your data box over there. Yeah. Says all these things. <laughs> okay. But the reality is, home value is going to go up every year for the next five years. Right. Uh-huh. We got the, the, we got we got some problems. We do have a problem. The problem yeah. is you need to. Connect with one of my realtors in my network, yeah. Ram, the Ram Network. Yeah. Give it to you nice and hard. Yeah. They're going to find, you, find me a good deal. Help find you a good deal. Oh, I see. I see. And pay me a humble referral for passing you along. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. Yeah. Appreciate you. You're very welcome. Mr. Ram Ram. Now, go ahead and tell everybody you love me. Yeah. And I'm going to filter my Instagram right now. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, keeping current matters before I leave this topic and go on to the next, um, the comment section was fucking fire. Was it? People were, I mean, even the realtors were like, what in the actual fuck are you talking about? Yeah, and they, they were, now. it was so good. And the best part is, is they edit mm-hmm. all their negativity out, but they couldn't, because because this was so ridiculous, and even realtors who were like in the business who probably wouldn't have known this a couple months ago are now starting to kind of catch up to the, what's going on here. Mm-hmm. They were coming in so hot and fast, they couldn't, they couldn't delete them and edit them and filter them out fast enough. So, right. I spent a solid five minutes of my day going number two while reading those comments. It was yeah. great. <laughs> it was spectacular. So the uh, National Association of Home Builders also came out, and they're expecting weaker housing conditions to continue in 2023. Yeah. And forecasting a recovery coming in 2024, assuming then when, that's when the, See, the they, Fed... they do that, and yeah. that bothers me a lot. Yeah. I mean, this, this is not my Dave Ramsey voice. I'm just stuck in it now. Yeah. Um, they They do this a lot, and it really bothers me because... They tend to try to forecast optimistic returns so far out that, that they're, they're just assuming that things aren't going to go. There, there's so much that could happen between now and then. So much. If there's a geopolitical crisis, Zelensky was just yeah. at the White House, right? Right. You got Russia doing all sorts of weird things. Any kind of geopolitical crisis, you can say goodbye to any of these predictions. Yeah. For anybody. Exactly. And I think this is just solely based on the fact that Jerome Powell came out and said, we're going to hold rates through 2023, and we'll relook at this in 2024. So maybe they're expecting that there's going to be a pivot in 2024, and that's when things will start to change. So for those of you who are like, okay, Chris, this is all negativity. I want to know when I should start to plan. We've always talked about looking every three months, every quarter or so at at the economy, figuring out where you can go. Right. I want to say two things for perspective. Okay. Right. This is that. This is the gem. This is why you listen to the show and you're like, oh, they actually said something that wasn't stupid for a minute. Yeah. It felt valuable. Yeah. yeah. This is it. Yeah. Okay. So last year, statistically, we have proven that through 2022, your best investment would have been to hold cash. Yes. I know that's super counterintuitive, but with historic Fed interest rate increases moving as fast as they have, Mm -hmm. you now have 
and obviously inflation and, and the currency devaluation, other countries and all these things adding up, cash would have been one of the best possible returns for you. Not there only, are there, not there are only returns. Yeah, not only returns, but everything else was too risky, right? Too risky, but I mean, let's just take the risk portion out of it. Just just your returns alone from ha- hold, holding cash yeah. would have been better than some of your other investments, which would have been devalued over time. Yeah. So that that right there, what we've said to do the last year mm-hmm. would have actually returned you one of the best possible investments you can. Right. So here's the second part of that that I promised. I believe July of next year, should there not be something absolutely crazy that comes up between now and July, so here's the logic. Fed has two interest rate increases. They pretty much told us that are going to happen. February and March. There's yeah, not, there's not one in January. 25, there's 25. There's two prints right. before the next one. There's, two, there's two, two periods of data that are coming out before the next one that happens in February, mm-hmm. March. Let's just say it goes according to the Fed's plan. 25 basis points, 25 basis points. You've now, now had nine successive Fed interest rate hikes completely way out of the realm of anything that's ever happened before historically, even right. during Volcker's area. Right. They've also telegraphed there could be two more 25 base point hikes coming for a Fed funds terminal rate north of 5.3%. Right. I believe those are somewhat irrelevant at that point in time. We know for a fact they're going to hold rates longer. But if they do, in theory, those could be done by June. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And let's say even if they are done or not done, they're still going to hold rates at least through June. I think the worst we're going to see in the market is going to wind up being June of 2023 q2 end of 2023 reported in july that's where we start to see the worst of what's happened we're gonna we're gonna start seeing positive numbers come out because inflation is gonna come down things are gonna start looking like they're going the right way but the impact to you to meet everybody else the pain points that we're feeling right that's where it's gonna start getting really exasperated but those of you looking to buy a home july is where you start to get serious really july is where you start to take a look around mm-hmm. i'm not saying you buy I'm right. saying that's going to be the time where you look at the market and go, okay, now the time to there use cash. There should be an, an, an additional 10 to 15% dip by then. Uh, yeah, depending on the market, depending, depending on where you're region, at. But, yeah. but the market will be sufficiently soft enough that you can, make a, you can make a play or decide that it's time for you to start looking seriously. Right, right. If all goes well. I mean, again, geopolitical crisis, something comes up between now and then, something significant happens, and you could have a completely different demeanor. Right. And please do not make the mistake of looking at the stock market, stock market going up or down as an indication of whether or not we're in a recession, there is no data correlating recessionary economies to right. upside and downside right. events. In, in this yeah, and we're not saying that the CPI problem is going to be resolved by June or July of next year. We're not saying unemployment is going to be where the Fed wants it to be at by June or July of next year, but um, that's when things like the housing market could start to turn around. Yeah, well, I mean, it was also it was also one of the first front-running rea- reactive kind of sectors in this particular economy. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it, it's safe to say that you're going to see more of a longer painful reaction in that space, but I think you'll start to see um, yeah. the time to buy while everything else around you might still be deteriorating a little bit. Right, because the Fed has already come out and said their their prediction for where unemployment is going to be at by the end of next year is at 4.6%, and that's only because it's a lagging indicator. And for the record, for those of you who uh, don't recall from previous shows, unemployment tends to rise after the declared ending of most recessionary economies. Right. So it would not surprise me at all if it rose to a number that they feel comfortable with. Exactly. So there you go. Yeah. Look at us solving the world's problems one article at a time. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Let's go. That's what we do. Look, are you looking at the clock already? No, are you looking at the clock? No, I'm looking at you looking at the clock. There's a difference. <laughs> What's wrong with you? We're a top 200 rated podcast. What you doing over here? Top 200, baby. We're in here in business. Yeah. Do you think it bothers other people in the business sector that they see us and they listen to the show and they're like, oh, I wonder what this is. I think they click, yeah, they, they click on us. You know what they do? Uh-huh. Let, me, let me check out the show. Wait, only 155 reviews. That's everyone's cue right now to go in and leave an honest five-star review. 
<laughs> I wonder if anybody who ever looks at the reviews goes, why do all these reviews say honest five-star review? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I swear to God, I'm being honest. Like if you don't listen to the show. Yeah. So I should probably give some backstory so people who listen to the show know where that came from. Oh, yeah, because we have gotten some new listeners. Thank you very much. Yeah. All five of you, welcome to the party. There's now maybe 20 of you out here. Yeah. We're going to hold a little powwow at Chris's house. Yeah. We need every one of you to listen to the show five times from different devices, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. Exactly. We record a separate episode for those who listen on Spotify and those who listen on Apple. Yeah. It's yeah. completely different. Yeah. You should go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when we started the show, I knew early, early, early on that we didn't have the time or the skill to learn the back end to get it out. Right. So we knew that our time and energy would be better spent recording a great podcast and sending it off to a post-production team. So we worked with Podcast Your Brand, mm -hmm. Jay, who's the CEO, and I connected and we worked out uh, an end-to-end -end strategy. So our social content, our show's post-production, our editing, our show notes, all the things that really prop this show up are handled by Jay and Podcast Your Brand. Yes. Thank you to Jay and team. Yeah, Jay, I love you. I know you never listened to the show, but that's okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I don't have any feelings because I'm a banker. So right. it's yeah. a win-win. Exactly. And say, well, he's too fat to have a heart. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. People are going to see how, how you look like once we put the YouTube video up. I know. I'm not worried about it. You're, you're a little I, worried. I got told by Lillian and Sarah today that my arms were bodybuilder-like. Oh, don't, oh, don't yeah, do this. Yeah, bro. They said Just, that. That's a quote. Come on. They just see that you're stressed out. <laughs> I am stressed out. You know what? It, it made me feel a whole hell of a lot better about being fat. Okay. <laughs> like, I was like, I might be chunky. That's only my body dysmorphia speaking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to the rest of the world, I'm healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Made you feel better? Yes. Made you feel better? supposed to agree. What's wrong with you, made bro? Made you feel better? <laughs> Come on. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not your yes man. <laughs> it did make me feel yeah, better. Yeah. I did because I can't fit in any of my t Not a bunch shirts. of Kanye yes men around here. Yeah. Well, there's not any yes men in this room. Yeah. So, Jay, when we were doing the show, he said to me, he said, Chris, you know, you need to go out all on the same day. Don't tell anybody about the show because it helps kind of boost your show's initial mm -hmm. drop. The algorithm. And the ratings, the algorithm. And it'll pop your show up. I may have leaked it a little early to some friends <laughs> and they went on and it kind of screwed things up. But one of the things he gave me, which is such a beautiful tip, and I'm, you know, if you ever work with him, he'll tell you the same thing. He said to me, look. There's no shame in asking your friends, your family, your network, your social media, everyone for an honest five-star review. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. And I think he meant like say, yeah, leave me a five-star review. Like if you feel like the show's great. And I just, I bit on to that, that language. Yeah, yeah, you said honest five-star yeah. review. I'm like, trademark, bitch, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we've been using it ever since. Yeah. Honest five-star review. Yeah. So for those of you who see that in, in the reviews and like, what the hell is that about? It's because we actually asked for an honest five-star review because we know that anything that's not five stars would not be honest. Yeah, you're not being true like to yourself. Like there's one asshole who clearly lied on Spotify and gave us a 4.9 review total in aggregate. Yeah, I think they probably gave us a one star. They dropped yeah. our rating down to 4.9. And we know who that was. Yeah, and we got one on Apple too. Yeah, Dave Ramsey listened to the show one time. I may Come have on. gotten a little visceral. Dave, we could have worked this out. And we could have. We yeah. could have been friends. Yeah. If you stopped selling courses, I would stop making fun of you. And, you know, we could have <laughs> gone to whatever, you know... Thing you wanted to go do on your cash, not credit card. Yeah, you're tiptoeing very carefully. You're tiptoeing very carefully. You want to know why? Why? It's because I, I did this shit for so long, yeah. right? Where I was bashing him. Yeah. And then one of his people was listening to the show. <laughs> Dave Ramsey got people. Yeah. It's 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 shitty because when you're actually like known enough like yeah. to where people like want to listen to you so they can talk shit on how bad you are. Yeah. Like most of our friends do. Mm -hmm. They uh <laughs> <laughs> so true. They, they uh 
somebody was like, hey, man, uh, so-and-so from Dave Ramsey's show, he handles all the back-end operations and finance. He listened to your podcast, and the first thing I thought was, shit. Yeah. I'm like, well, the lawsuit will be here any day now. Yeah. It's funny. I got, I got, I got made fun of by a buddy about the show, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. You listen to the show. What episode was your favorite? I haven't listened to an episode, man. Oh, cool. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. How you gonna make fun of you for the show and not yeah, listen? To you? Yeah, come on, man. At least listen to the show. Give me the, give me the. Who was the it? Last in public. Let's go. Yeah, come on, Mace. 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 Mace hasn't listened to the show. Has not listen to the show, bro. You know he ain't got shit else to do. What's he doing every day? Zero. I don't know. What is he doing? <laughs> this is the kind of thing that bothers me. You know, if you're going to talk trash and you're going to make fun of me, at least give me the dignity of doing your homework while you're making fun Come of me. Come on, man. Come at me with facts. Come on. So I saw Hermosi, you know who Alex Hermosi is, right? Yeah. All over social media. I've got a love-hate relationship with this content. Some of his content will rope you in because it's thought-provoking. Yep. But some of it's clearly clickbaity and it's weird. Like, I don't really understand him as a person, so I don't really, I think I understand. I think if, if you met him, he's probably an awesome dude and that'll probably explain like his whole ethos, right? Right. But he's very popular. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of that motivational content that you wanted us to do on the show where like motivates people. Yeah. Right? And some of his stuff, I'm like, oh, Some okay. of his stuff is good. It, yeah. Hey, if it inspires one person, it's a success. Yeah, I guess so. But there, there's a difference between like inspiring people and then them being like fanboys into your content because they want to be you, which is weird. Well, I th- no, I think- the, I'd rather empower a bunch of people to go do what they want than make uh, them want to be like me. Obviously. Well, I think it's all in, it's all in the intent. And how do you measure intent? That's impossible. But- if you can tell, like someone like Grant Cardone is trying to create a cult, right? Oh yeah. So everything Hormozzi he says is not. Is... It doesn't come off as him trying to create a cult. You know, he's his his approach is very nonchalant. Like, look, this is what I did. This, you know. Yeah, and... but that's that's also a sales tool too. So he he's, he first of all he got I think he got started just he was in the gym space at one point in time and he, he was yeah companies now he bought acquisition.com and mm-hmm. from from what i hear from people who know him like he really is legitimate and he does have this no he was company. he was producing content for a long time but here's what i'll say and this is just me objectively being honest okay i never see this guy on his social media going into this acquisition.com office i don't see him working with people or doing things he, he always posts about him writing his books Mm-hmm. or his social content look i understand you can bang out a lot of content in one day yeah have your team edit it and distribute it. i do the same thing right like right. i'm doing that right but those of you who who follow me on social media you know okay like i'm out i'm in the office you know i'm I'm at the oh, bank you, you know so i'm bad. here i'm there you so badly wanted to be like i'm out here i'm out here bro. <laughs> i'm out here like, I'm out in these streets saw, it was on your tip it was, your it was out there. i just i had to pull the thug back <laughs> yeah, yeah you had to pull it back <laughs> a little like, bit i'm out listen <laughs> chris you can quote 50 cent but you can't act like him yeah. okay yeah <laughs> Yeah. Many men, many <laughs> wish death <laughs> on me. Yeah, like, no, I'm not that guy. <laughs> I, I never thought that would happen. I didn't think we were going to start the podcast. We were going to start singing 50 Cent. On Bro, you threw me off. When you came out hot in the podcast in the beginning, I was like, yeah. oh, fuck, no, he didn't. <laughs> I, was, I was mad. I was yeah. ready to slap you. I was like, you're lucky the mic's wrong. Yeah. Man. These things are hot. Yeah, it's hot. Yeah. So, in any event. But, but, but what if, what if he, he measures his content and he sees that this is what people like? People don't want to see me go into the office and talk about what my day is, uh, you know, in the office. Okay, so let me let me ask you this: Do you, do you think? Let me let me put it in a different perspective. Do you think that he has carefully curated his image in such a way that he's only sharing what he knows works, or do you think that's just who he really is and he shares what he's really doing? And he just acquisition.com might be a farce. Like I don't know; it's not publicly traded. Him and his wife Layla, who again I don't know these people. I'm not judging them at all. I'm not no knock. I'm just saying. Doesn't it come off as more genuine that you know someone, and I'm using myself as an example, so I don't badmouth anybody. You know I'm verifiable and working. You know I've got a job. It's a publicly traded institution. You know 
that I'm doing these things and you know yes. that I'm in the studio late at night because I post that stuff like, you know, I've got a family. I'm not doing these things. Like what I'm telling you is very real. transparent, right? It's very transparent. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you that into my life. So why, why, like you look at someone like Grant Cardone, his social media is not that transparent. Right. You look at Alex Hermosi, who I'm not saying the same people, no. not so transparent. It's very curated, right. It's very curated. These people are curating a message. And why does that sell? Mm-hmm. Why do people want the curated message more than they want the authenticity of someone who's like, God damn, today was a tough day. I had to do X, Y, and Z. Right. I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. I legitimately don't understand. And I'm not trying to knock anybody, like even Grant Cardone. Like, I don't agree with any of the shit that he's done. I think a maybe lot it's of that's the mystique. Terrible, maybe it's the mystique behind it that that's what they like. I think it's the image. I think people are like, oh, I want this lifestyle because he's doing X, Y, and Z. I want to yeah. go do those things. Yeah. But they don't show themselves, you know, damn near killing themselves because they're in Disney World for eight days thinking, like, God damn it, I need a beer. Yeah. But I mean, look, that, but that's that it's not real life to be on a yacht every day, partying and having a good, good time with your friends. It's not real life to be on a stage motivating people and being this inspirational individual. It, that's right. not real life. Real life is like some days you just got to sit down and work. Right. You know, and I mean, I, 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 I think, he does some of that with like, I think that's like, most, I think that's most days. That's most days. Okay. But look, I don't care. Like, and you look at like Patrick Bet David and his life and everything else. People forget that guy sold an insurance company. Right. Or whatever it was that he did. Insurance company. Made a lot of money. And this is kind of like his retirement hobby based job. Right. But he doesn't need the money the same way. Mm-hmm. And I, I think people look at all these things and they aspire to be these people. And like, even the people that are top content creators now, mm-hmm. there's probably a story that I've never shared with anybody I, I can share. Okay. Which partially explains the pivot of what got me on social media besides just my my, my Oh, let's I go. Story time. Story time. <laughs> we, need some, we need a soundboard for that. That's what I'm here for. No. And sound effects. No, come on. I, I do Dave Ramsey and I do story time. Yeah. Story time. No? Okay. So a long, long, long time ago, my, my wife doesn't know this. Either, so she's uh, I, I, I did date another woman. There was a, there was a previous ex-girlfriend. Okay. okay? And she had a cousin who, uh, when I was young, super young, mm-hmm. he, he lived a pretty, pretty high-end lifestyle. He, he owned a gym. Why are you sweating? I'm not sweating. Yeah. I'm perspirating. I'm perspirating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spritzing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, I was, I was a really young kid. I, you know, I was probably first year of college or something like that. And he had a very high-end lifestyle. It was a bodybuilder, was, owned a gym. It was a very successful dude. Mm-hmm. And he was so kind to me, even though I, I'm dating his like younger cousin, this girl. Right. Uh, and I lost touch with him for a long time. And even after her and I split, he, you know, occasionally would check in on me, like, "Yo, you good? Wow. Like, how you doing, man? No reason to. We lost touch, and things happened, whatever. And he, from what I understand now, he went bankrupt, and he had a bodybuilding. His wife was a bodybuilder too. Okay. They split up, divorced. They had, they had some lovely kids, beautiful kids. He had this big ass house. He, I think he wound up losing all of it. And I didn't know any of this, right? Because I'm I'm out in my world doing my thing. You know, life moves on, and you know, whatever. Um, shortly after my my cousin fell for that online guru, that course that he sold, and we had that argument, which ultimately led to me wanting to to do something that was to help financial literacy to give right. it free. The right. One, the one that really loves Elon and wants yeah, to work with Tesla. Exactly that yeah. one. I was online thinking about doing this and I wasn't a hundred percent. I was like 80%. There was a big part of me that, that didn't want to do it because I got to worry about my professional image, the shareholders, public trade institution. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of risk in me doing this because anything I say on this show that could offend somebody and clearly I say a lot of offensive shit yeah. uh, could wind up getting me in trouble and losing me millions of dollars. Right. And that's just what it is. Facts. Right. So I took it with a grain of salt 
And I thought, okay, well, let me, let me look and see who's out there. And I found out that, that Sam, this guy, had grown a big social following. Mm. He was working with Brad Lee at the time. I think he had just under three quarters of a million followers. He, had, he was driving Rolls Royces, lived in a beautiful, bigger, newer, more fancy home, had a new wife. And what was his material? What was his content? It was all motivational content talking about work. And he wasn't articulate. Like he, Ray's principle of the day? No, <laughs> Ray's principle of the day was bad. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. Yeah. Live life. Yeah. <laughs> That's my principle. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Be good. Dip, duck, dog, dive, and dodge. Yeah. Ray's principles. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it, you know, and Sam had, he had a motivational, and he would do like these videos. And it was very early days in some ways relative to what you see now in this very polished format. In a lot of ways, my content's way more polished than it ever was. Right. He started doing the podcast circuit and he started curating this image. He had glasses on that made him look cool as shit and he was still in great shape, worked out all the time. Right. Not not like my glasses that are, because I'm blind, like sunglasses because he looked cool. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and, you know, look, I, I was like, wow, Sam's doing this. Mm-hmm. And part of me so badly wanted to reach out to Sam and be like, yo, man, like, how you been? What's going on? Like, I'm thinking about doing this too. You know, I am, I'm going to, because when I met him, I was a kid, I didn't have anything. Like, I was just starting out and I didn't, you know, I, I had like, I think back then I had a Honda Accord or I had like a used BMW or something like that. I mean, well, it wasn't, it wasn't, it's not today's lifestyle. Right. And I never reached out to him. And he had a verified account on Instagram. I was like, whoa, that's dope. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, and I was happy that he was doing all these things. I wanted to know like well, how he got divorced and what happened. He died, man. Oh, man. I remember this now. Yeah. He I got, remember you showed me his profile. That's he right. He got COVID and he went to sleep. And this, this is a guy who was. I mean, granted, he was a professional bodybuilder. I'm sure he did, he messed with some chemicals and hormones, but he had no. I mean, physically, there's no reason. I don't. I, I never talked to anybody. So I never talked to anybody about this. I just know from reading what happened on social media what happened to him. Right. But I actually knew him. That's the crazy part of about some of these professional bodybuilders. They they present themselves to be some of the healthiest people in the room, but really they could be some of the unhealthiest. Well, that's that's the fucked up thing about bodybuilding in general, right? In yeah. order to get to that level. You look super healthy, but you were probably the most unhealthy person in a room full of you know every, everybody else. Exactly. I would argue some obese people are probably in better shape than you, given that you're on the brink of death when you dehydrate down to a certain body fat. Yeah. But turns out Sam had COVID one night, went to bed, said he's going to go to the doctor the next morning, and he died. Wow. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, yo, mm-hmm. this is crazy. He's got two young kids, and, and it, it took a toll on me. And I thought to myself, okay, like tomorrow's not promised. Nope. The one thing Sam's kids will always have is the legacy of these lessons they left online. Right. And I thought, like, all this hesitation that I have, like, I'm not, I'm not hesitating. I'm going to do it. If Sam, granted, Sam didn't achieve the levels of, I think, uh, of business success that I did, but he achieved the level of entrepreneurial success. Mm-hmm. And he did leave a message behind for his kids. That's a message behind for his kids. And I think that that content will yeah. always be out there for them to kind of lean back on. And that was a big part of the reason why, why we started the show. Yeah. And and I think that every time we do a show, I mean, as much as I like to have fun, I love talking to you and talking about all the money and everything else. I really like the idea that God forbid something happens to us. Yeah, there's something out there. It's, it's going to live for someone to go us. back and appreciate. Yeah, yeah we, we try to do something good. Yeah, you know, making fun of Dave Ramsey and everything. <laughs> That's what I want to be remembered for. <laughs> well, in a rare moment of serious, clear focus, mm-hmm. we can end the show without being smartasses. I think we can. Really? This one's gonna be a little, this one's gonna be a little short though, only fifty three minutes. What'd you say the other day? You want to do shorter episodes anyway? No, man. This is what you see. You try to put this shit on me. You said that all the time. You I just looked that. at I just looked at all the people. Listen, 
when you guys go and you see that the higher standard podcast is not is no longer in the top 200 podcasts in the business category Don't i want that. you to know these people are gaming the system they are gaming the system they're gaming the system big time okay go go into a majority of them are, are posting episodes 10 20 minutes long yeah well so when you get to social media that like one of the things that is very very clear early early on no matter whether you're on like youtube or you're on instagram wherever you're at or you're doing a podcast whatever you're doing more content regardless of how awesome the quality is when you're right. just getting started will keep your your algorithms triggered that you're putting out more content and getting more views and that keeps you going the algorithm right so a lot of these people are putting out 20 minute 30 minute episodes multiple times a week right because they're not really worried about the quality of aggregating data like we do mm. and all the homework and everything else that they we know if they about. put out a 10 minute episode they're going to get 100 percent retention on that and yeah it'll yeah. skyrocket them into it gains the system gain, gain the system so chris and i had an honest conversation we want to keep our integrity and say we're just going to keep doing things the way we do things and I feel like that's not true. I feel like I wanted to keep our integrity and you wanted to go the, the, the dirty bastard route. <laughs> that's the dirty bastard route. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, But we've been enjoying what we're doing, so we're going to we're gonna keep doing it this way. Wow, we. Again, we. that's we thing. We. I said I was enjoying we. what we're doing. Don't you do were this. like, we should put out an extra episode every I week. I said an extra episode. 20 minutes. I'm willing to see. It should just be all fart sounds and burps and we'll put it out. And like I was like, that's weird. I'm willing to come to the studio an extra day of the week, put in the work, God's work. Into this, into our craft, but you Bro, didn't want to. I'm not trying to have your wife get mad at me for you doing stupid shit. Okay, no, no, like no. your wife. We don't my, have time for all my that. My wife has been the most supportive. Yeah, right up until you come here third day a week, and then no, she's gonna no. whoop your ass. No, no, no. I know your wife, bro. Yeah, she's, she's gonna whoop your ass. She's the best. She is the best. The best. She's he's winking right now. Okay, no, I'm not. he's winking. <laughs> Don't like, do this. Like, she's like, the best. Let's hit it. Hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it fist bump, Leave bro. me alone. No way. But before we end the show, we have a serious matter to address. Uh oh. It appears that there is actually a legitimate review that is not really AKA Saeed that has popped up on our Apple reviews. Wow. This this one definitely deserves to be read. John Boy 383. Mm, love you, John. AKA not Saeed. Mm. Informative and always a good laugh. Appreciate you, John. He was talking about me there, not you. <laughs> I don't know. You I'm don't know informative that. always. I think we're going to find out exactly. He didn't who say meant. spectacular color commentation from yeah. the other guy with the yeah, first Yeah, I think I think you're gonna you're gonna find out yeah. who he's talking about. Yeah, I think he, typo. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Saeed is always the highlight of the show, and then there's Chris. Oh man, I love you guys, bro. You read this before we started. Why is this so funny to you now? <laughs> like we read this before we got on the show. Oh, like, no, we did it. Yes, you don't, did. Don't, don't do be that. this guy. Don't, do don't act like you don't. I love, know. I love hearing the pain in your voice. <laughs> it, it's real pain. Yeah, it's not acting. I know. Okay, I can play. I can act. Yeah, this is me being sincere. I'm hurt. Yeah. Okay. He goes on to say, but Chris and I connected on the Disney trip and what we both felt like. So you had a conversation with John. Adversity builds character. I see. And John Boy and myself. Went through mutual pain. Yeah. Called Disney World. Yeah. And because of that connection. It's the rite of passage. He felt that he had to tell you that he actually gave a shit about you so we could talk about how much you loved me. <laughs> oh, is that what he said? Okay. That's, that's yeah. what he was saying. Okay. Those were good laughs. JK, which uh, means, I think he misspelled just Chris, but that's what he's referring to. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> love these two guys for educating me about finance and related topics. We love you too, John. I love you, John. Saeed is trying to step on my toes. That we know are pretty now. No. OnlyFans.com. Oh. Chris's feet. Yeah, we'll be there soon. <laughs> At Chris's feet. Join the Patreon. <laughs> is that what Patreon's for? I never really understood what Patreon's for. No, man. Patreon's for content creators that just want to release exclusive content. They People make a lot of money on there. So we did like the, the higher standard podcast on Patreon. Like an we charge money if we, that? Yeah, we could do like an additional episode per week that people could go on there and listen to. And you could be a, a lot more. Do we have to be nude? I mean, we could be. 
Is that how it works? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to figure out how, like, how did, why, why would I go to a Patreon and buy? Like, what am I going to get from a Patreon account? More content. So, some people. I don't want more. I'd rather get more free content. People, well, some people love the content so much that they're willing to pay more for a third episode. That's not a real model. That, I swear to God, it is. Really? Oh, yeah. And it's like this mystery topic. No, and, the, and the best part about it, you can go on there and it'll tell you how many subscribers they have. And you can basically backdoor how much money they're making a month off it. I know what you think about backdoor. See, look at you. Bro, you can't yeah, use you sexual related to charge <laughs> words at me, there's, man. There's a lot. Like, don't, don't make so, me the bad person because listen, you're throwing out subliminals. I didn't want to end the show like this. For you. I'm not, I didn't do anything. I just looked you at did. you. No, you looked at me. You know what you did. I didn't do anything. You're the one talking about Patreon, knowing about subscriber counts and backdoors. Back doors. Yeah, you can, it just feels like that was a Freudian slip. You can, you can reverse engineer how much Why money they're making. Why do you keep making. winking at me tonight, no. bro? <laughs> Such a lie. So awkward. Why do you do that? Oh, shit. Are you just getting awkward now? You give him a speak? No. Yeah. 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 yeah you, you're doing this. Yeah. I'm not doing the what? I'm just saying. I don't understand how Patreon works. I don't understand why you would go to a website and pay for like a free or pay for something you can get for free. Like I just, I feel like that's. Because some people could. What, a, what value could someone possibly give you that you couldn't get somewhere else? If you really, really appreciate somebody's take and somebody's opinion on something, then they're your trusted source. Okay. Let, let's let's uh, let's run. Okay, with why that do theory. why do people why do people pay for the Wall Street Journal when they could just get all uh, information for free? I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I go to that. Re- uh, but I guess go, what? I refresh my cash, my, my you, cash, though. and the internet, and I go get another two articles. But guess what? A lot of people do. I know they do because somebody else is paying for it. Corporate card, company card. No man, a lot of people. So a lot of people are paying it straight out of pocket. You still paying for it? You yeah, man. Four dollars a month. It's no, a that, dollar, was, that was a teaser uh, rate. No, don't give me that bullshit. Dollar a week. <laughs> That was a teaser rate. It's no, not even the real rate. That's what I got. Black Friday. But <laughs> we had this conversation well before Black Friday. Why you gotta <laughs> no, lie? No, no. To everybody else listening out there, you're gonna ruin our honest five star review by no, doing no, some no, shit like that. No, that's, that's very Grant Cardone of you, bro. What? Yeah, you need to rent and not buy ever. Yeah, and you should invest it in mean, properties yeah. that I happen to sell right. to you exactly. because I'm your friend, not because I'm selling. And I get that commission. Yeah, the commission. Yeah. Stop looking at the clock, Look bro. at you. you. You just looked at it. I looked at you looking oh. at the clock. There's a difference. Oh, man. Why do you, you keep doing that? How drunk are you getting tonight? I'm not drunk. <laughs> so the next episode we, we do mm-hmm. is going to be a full Q&A episode. Yeah, we offered up $100 and you guys responded. They, they did respond. Yeah. There's a lot of questions. People want $100. We might have to give out a it's couple. It's a full episode of Q&A and there's a lot about Saeed's body in that thing. So <laughs> I, wanna, I can't wait to talk about it. Can't wait to unpack it. Me too. Back door and all. <laughs> I'll back my body, huh? There we go. Here we go. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by nobody. Yeah. We'll catch you on the next show. Good night, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.